So this is the word of the Spirit. Let us use it wisely. Everybody would like to raise their phones or their or their Bibles and say that with me. Ready? Here we go. This is the sword of the Spirit. Let me use it wisely. Let's do it one more time. This is the sword of the Spirit. Let us use it wisely. Okay? Um, yes. Page 1770, if you have the two Bibles. Every time I think of two. So, um, my Bible's right on here, but I like to come back here and refer to this. Uh, it's a good, good word there, and uh, you can find it all over the place. If you're not reading your Bible, I can read it for you. Uh, there's apps for that uh, that can read it for you. It's in Braille, it's in all different languages, all different styles. Um, so, uh, read your Bible. Uh, it's a good good way to start your day, to end your day, um, and pray in, in between. So, Galatians chapter 3. Talk about uh, Saul to Paul, and Paul here is writing a letter to the church, which we are the? Okay, so the letter to? Okay. So Galatians chapter 3. So law or faith? Okay. Uh, can they coincide? Can they work together? Can they um, have something in common? Okay, let's see what Paul says in Galatians chapter 3. Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was public, publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain. Hmm. Oh foolish Galatians, oh foolish people, who has bewitched you, who has gotten you off track, who have who has said something in your life that has bring brought you to the idea that you can do it by yourself? Who has come into your life or things, situations in your life that think that you and the flesh has anything to deal with salvation? Flesh cannot inherit spiritual. Now, we're talking about the spiritual realm, yes? And it's hard to conceive that because our minds are fleshly driven. But as we become a Christian, as we mature in Christ, we think of spiritual things. We want to have the mind of Christ. We want to see that Jesus, even though he was publicly portrayed as crucified, he was raised again on the third day. Now, it's interesting that they, he says here, Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. So some of these people in Galatian church saw what? Saw crucifixion. And they knew what crucifixion meant. I mean, crucifixion was a horrible way to die. I mean, they had it down to perfection. The Romans had it down to perfection. Um, if, if you think about it, they they hung you on a tree, they, they nailed their hands there, uh, they nailed your feet to a board uh, just a little bit lower than what you could breathe. So you would have to take your feet and go up to breathe and down and up and down. And so while they're doing that, there's a nail there and it's going against your flesh. Also, it wasn't really like sanded wood. It was what kind of wood? Raw. And so you had splinters all up and down the back after you got beaten. I mean, they slowly put you to death. And if you didn't die, they just come around with a hammer and knock your knees and you're dying your own, your own blood. 
they had it perfect. I mean, you would stay up there for hours, or even days sometimes, and they would just let you hang, depending on the crime. There was not very many prisons. And if you were accused of it, there was no turning back. And so he was publicly humiliated for our sins. And yet we think that the works will lead us to him. He's done all the works. He's hung on the tree. He's died for our sins. He's fulfilled the law. Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit. So if we, we come to Jesus in the Spirit, we come to Jesus as faithful children. We come to Jesus as He is our Father and we have faith in Him. And then when we suffer, or when we try to do it in our, our own bodies, we complain. And then we say, is it really in vain that we came to Him first? In the Spirit. Works of the law. Well, I did it. I did it for myself. And I don't know anything to God. Whoa. When you start thinking that way, that's you got to stop. Come back. Faith is knowing that Jesus does it through the Holy Spirit, and you choose to give up all things for his way and his kingdom. It's about him. The flesh, all those things contrary to the Holy Spirit. You could be spiritual and yet not have the Holy Spirit. You know that, right? We have a lot of people going, wow, I'm a spiritual person. Do you have the Holy Spirit? No. Well, then you're not a spiritual person. <laughs> you might be a spiritualist, and think about those things that are out there that are not Christian or not with God. And the only opposite of God is what? Demons and the devil. You're hugging the devil. <laughs> we need to have the Holy Spirit. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, then we can defend about those things spiritually. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, then we're not with Jesus. If we're not with Jesus, then God's wrath is on us. And we're still in the flesh. If we do things in faith, it is not out of vanity, but out of love for Jesus. So, faith is a great thing to have. And works are good too, if we have it the right way. See, works and then faith doesn't work. <laughs> Sorry. In my head, that's what's funny. But faith, starting with faith, we love God to do works. He's prepared in advance for us to do works. He has prepared, prepared for us to go through these things. He's prepared for us to do this. But where does it start? It has to start with faith. <clears throat> now there's a difference between belief and faith. The demons believe that they do not have faith. We can believe all we want in God. But if our faith is not in Jesus, it doesn't work. So we can do all the kinds of things that God has told us, you know, sell everything we have and give to the poor, we can, uh, you know, uh, repent, we can uh, confess, we can be immersed into water, we can do all kinds of other things, but if we have no faith in Jesus, it, God says it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gong. You ever saw the gong show? Who's specifically yeah. the gong? I love the gong show. If not, look at what you do. It's really cool. Um, and they have this huge gong, okay, and every time I read that scripture that if we do not have love, where a resounding gong, boom, and that was the nastiest gong ever. Look that up sometimes. It's really cool. But every time I look at that scripture, I'm reminded that if we don't have faith and love in Jesus Christ, we sound horrible to him. We need Jesus. And then we can do 
and good works. Look at Galatians chapter 3, 5 and 9. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing the faith? Just as Abraham believed God and was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, that's us, by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. Look, look at that. In you shall be all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Uh, okay, what was that song? Father Abraham, and many sons, and many sons did Father Abraham, and I want them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord right arm, and then you do it again in your left arm, and you're like, no, that's yeah. I won't let you do that. I was going to think, let's try to add up the same amount of people. Yeah. It's good. Am I allowed on people? Yeah, I don't know. She's gone. So, we are the sons and daughters of God and through Abraham. So we are literally the spiritual Abrahamic family. When we come to Jesus, we are in the lineage of Abraham. Why? Because he had faith before the law came. Listen to that. He had faith in his come to him and his righteousness before the law came. What? By who? By God. He can do whatever he wants. So Abraham, we can say that he is the father of Christianity. Now, not the father of, a, of God, but I mean physically. He brought Christianity. Why? Because through faith in Jesus, not works. Why we have faith first and then do good works is faith in Jesus saves, and then because of faith, we step out in faith with Jesus of confessing our sins. Saying, look, God, this is what I've done. I'm, I'm sorry, and I'm going to try to do better with your spirit. Now, when we start saying, I can do this, I can overcome this, I can do that, I can be careful. I can't. That's why I need the spirit. If you start saying, I can do everything, did Jesus have to die? No. Why did Jesus die? Because we cannot get over our sins. We have to confess them. We have to repent. We're saying, okay, God, this is my desire and my way of life. And confession, and I mean, repentance is saying, 180 degree turn, I'm going to do your will, your way, your passions, your desires, and your kingdom, not my kingdom. I'm not going to build my kingdom here. We're just passing through. I love that. That this is that's not my house. This is not my church building. This is not my body. This is not my car over there. Whose is it? God's. And so when we have that mentality, we give things away more. Oh, does my enemy need my car today? Yeah, may might crash it. Okay, I have insurance. If he crashes it, maybe that's the way to Jesus to come into his life. How I treat him after he crashes. Well, because he crashed it, he's in the hospital, and now that he needs in the hospital, he needs Jesus. And then we go to the hospital, have to be with Jesus, and then he'll come to Christ, and then both of us be brothers in Christ. But we're like, no, 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 my name is not my car, don't crash it. No, it's mine, it's my car. 
then why are you thinking of the physical? Think spiritually. It's supposed to have faith in Jesus, not faith in your car. In Galatians, they were still holding on to the flesh. They were like, well, of course, we have to be circumcised before we become Christian. We have to uh, observe the law. We have to observe the Ten Commandments. We have to do this. We have to do that. What? I hear that today. Uh, well, I have to memorize the Ten Commandments. I have to memorize all the, all the Bible verses. I have to be perfect before I come to God. Okay. I have to do this, 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 and this. No. No. God says to have faith, and then you can do those things. We're, we're making this so hard and difficult. Jesus made it very simple. Faith in me, and then what? He's already paid you. Now, now, I know we have this mentality in our culture, in everybody's culture. You have to work 40 hours, and you get paychecks. Okay? But, see, Jesus was so dangerous and so just over the top. He's like, I'm going to... When we have the Holy Spirit of the flesh. Now we're circumcised of the what? Of the heart. Look at Galatians chapter 3, 10 and 11. This is good. It all gets, all gets better. It gets better. Verse 10. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed by everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of law and do them. So you have to do all 683 perfectly. Never breaking one of them. Anybody can do that? Nope. Why? Still in the flesh, and we're still fleshly minded. And so God changes that and has the Holy Spirit in us. Now look at this. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. For the righteous, that means right with God, through Jesus, shall live by what? Faith. Do we want to be under a curse? I'm under a curse. Do you want to hang on a tree? List Jesus. So we have to come to Jesus first, and then we understand what the Spirit wants. If you have sin, and then you're weakened, okay, remember last, last Sunday I said, it's well, hang out with everyone, okay? Now, uh, someone came and challenged me, and that's great. I love challenges, okay? And so, here's my caveat. If you look at the whole New Testament, if you are weak in an area, say I'm weak in alcohol, I'm not going to preach to you to go to the bar and make Christians. Okay? Now, I'm going to preach to you to go hang out with, I don't know, people at school and help them become Christians. But I'm not going to send you in, the Bible does not send you in to the lion's den, okay, of what you have a weakness of. Now, if you mature in that, that's fine. And then you can go in there and say, look, Jesus has saved me from this, and I'm going to go into the bar. But I'm not pushing you into the Bible. The Bible does not push you into your weaknesses. Now, you use your weakness for God's strength, 
But I wasn't preaching to you that you need to go and hang out with somebody who's drunk if you have you know, Now, when you hang out or live life with the world, you don't need to do the things of the world. That's why they're going to say, well, why are you not doing this? They're question I could be friends with everybody, but I don't have to do what they do. I have faith in Jesus, but I don't have to go out and smoke pot. But I can hang around with people who smoke pot. He understands the difference here. So as a mature Christian, we're supposed to bring others to Christ, but we're not supposed to do the things that they do. I just want to make that clear. Because when we have faith in Jesus, he gives us a command to go into all the world. He didn't say, well, just just this part. Uh, just the people that look like you. Just the people that have the same culture as you. Just the people that have the same religion as you. What did he say? All the world. So how does the light shine? It's not in the darkness. And so here's the Galatians trying to go back in the dark. They're trying to go back in the flesh. They're trying to go backwards. Look at Galatians 7, 3, 12, 18. But the law is not a faith. Now, we're not, we're not, we're not saying anything bad about the law. The law was given by God. The law is holy. The law was good because it reflected our sinfulness. It reflected that we can't do it alone. Okay? So when I say law, it doesn't mean that it's bad. Okay? It just, we couldn't do it. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. How did he become a curse? For it is written, curse in everyone who hang on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, as you and me. So that we might receive the promised spirit through what? What? Faith. <laughs> Not works. To give a human example, I love this. Brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now, the promise were, were made to Abraham and his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one. And to your offspring, who is Christ. So if we're following Christ, we're children, we're heirs with Christ, then we're heirs with Abraham, because we're all the offsprings, one. Look at verse 17. This is what I mean, the law, which came 430 years afterward, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God, so as to make the promise void. For if the inherent comes by the inheritance comes by law, it no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Now this is oh, this is just like the coolest thing. Okay, if you go to this is the only one I'm going to tell you to go to outside of Galatians chapter three. Ready? Genesis chapter fifteen, ten through twelve. I'm not going to read it, but you need to bookmark it or go back to this. This is a really cool story about how Abraham uh, received the law. Okay. <coughs> I mean, you see the promise on the law. Genesis chapter 15, 10 through 12. Okay? This is how Abraham receives a promise before the law. Check this out. This is just so cool. If you read this to yourself or read it when you get home. Okay? God says to Abraham, cut these animals open. Lay them on the side. And you're thinking, man, that's gross. That's nice. Who would want to do that? 
Why in the world would somebody want to cut open an animal, put it that, and then walk through it? What kind of promise is that? Well, here it is, ready? To make a covenant involved the practice of cutting an animal in two halves of the covenant ceremony. Abram promptly obeyed God and cut them in two, except the birds they run today, which was part of it. This could not be mistaken as a sacrifice because in the sacrifice, the pieces would have been placed on the altar and ripped to the Lord. Abram laid each of the opposite of the forming passageway between the pieces of four halves. No specific directions were given. However, it can be assumed that Abram was familiar with the covenant ceremony from the error and knew the procedure. The ceremony was the covenant of participants to walk between the carcass halves as a sign of agreement they had made. Perhaps like signing a ceremony might be today. Now that the penalty for breaking the covenant was death, cutting you in two <coughs> symbolizes like the animal. If you break this law, I'm going to cut you in two. Just think we had housing contracts like that. Well, if you lay on your rent, I'm going to cut you in half. What? Oh, well, if you if you if your car is late, you know, I'm going to cut you in half. Jeez. But God made the promise. It was serious. Then, this is the coolest thing. He put Abraham to sleep and God walked through him. Why? Because he was promised the promise against himself that he was going to keep it. Through what? Through faith. We're keeping the promise of Abraham through faith in Jesus. Because Jesus fulfilled the promise and made a new covenant. How? He walked through the pieces and he got beaten and died on the cross and his blood annulled the last covenant, and now he fulfilled the new covenant with his blood. That's so cool. That God had to go through those animals and say, well, you're going to have to kill me to annul that other one. And guess who got killed in our place? Jesus. Now we got the spiritual promise. We don't have to worry about Abraham's promise anymore physically. we got the spiritual Abraham. we got the spiritual land. we got the spiritual... With, with Jesus. And then, what did the Galatians want to do? I want to go back to the flesh. What? You're spiritual now. You are in the spiritual kingdom. You are in the spiritual Israel. You are spiritual Abraham's seed. Why would you want to go back to the flesh? Then you're going to have to die and go through the halves of the family. I don't want to do that. Anybody want to die like that? No. Look at this. Galatians chapter 3, 19 through 22. Sorry, go back. Galatians chapter 3. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions, until the offspring should come to whom the promise has been made. This is verse 19. And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Inter, whew, intermediary. Now, an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Is the law the contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. Remember, we can't be right with God if we obey the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who... Huh. So the law wasn't done away, but it was fulfilled in Jesus. You need to be with Jesus to fulfill the law. Remember, he said he didn't kick it out of the out of the country. He, the law still exists, if you want to go down that path. But the only way to fulfill the law is through Jesus Christ and his blood. 
Because he was split in half for us. And then the last thing. I love how Paul ends some of his, and this is not the end of the letter, but this is the, the end of this chapter. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law. How? Because the law tells us that we can't do it alone. Imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. Who was the coming faith? Jesus. So that the law was our guardian until Christ came. The law said, okay, I'm the guardian. You can't do it alone, but it's between God. Here we go. In order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come. Jesus has come. Jesus is here. Jesus is alive. He's sitting at the right hand of God. We are no longer under a guardian. Isn't that cool? I mean, a guardian depicts like something that you don't have a really relationship with. You know, why would I have a relationship with a guardian? There's no relationship there. He's guarding. He has a knife. He has, he's protecting. But now we got a relationship with Jesus Christ. He could be in us with the Holy Spirit. Look at the first one. Say, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many as if you were baptized or immersed into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For all are one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. Heirs according to promise. We are Abraham's heir. We are the spiritual spiritual Israel. We are the church that lives by faith, not by works. Do we still fall short? Yeah. So we try to do it ourselves. That's the wonderful thing about grace. That's the wonderful thing about repentance. We always can come back to Christ. He's always there. He's always faithful. So, we come to Jesus in faith, so it might move us to do good works, so we will see Jesus face to face. If it was not out of faith, if you have genuine faith, that will produce good works. Sin and works cannot save you. But Jesus can through faith to do good works. When we put our faith in Jesus, we want to repent of our sins. We want to confess and say, God, I'm, I'm nothing without you. We want to be immersed into water. But none of that works unless we have water. <clears throat> faith in Jesus, because Jesus saves. Jesus does the work. So think about that. The keeping of the law, the flesh, sin, and work cannot save you. It's not a checklist, people. It is through Jesus. And then we can do it. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this time and that we can 